It's time for episode 448 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that can be yours for the low, low price of $44 billion. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, my dungeon buddy, and uh, the guy who stands to make a cool $22 billion off of that deal. It's Dan the Man Morin. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, Micah. I thought that forty-four billion was my share. I will. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you I, get you get twenty-two billion. Uh, Jason gets like thirty billion, and I get whatever's left over. I don't think Wait, that, that doesn't add up. Micah. No, hold on, hold on. Let me redo that. Uh, Jason gets eighteen billion, and I get whatever's left over. There we go. I, yeah, it's still not great, but hey, you know, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon, you're talking about real money. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's stop talking about funny money and get into. Uh, some fun stuff. It is time to introduce our awesome guests. To my left, an independent podcaster and producer from Chicago, it's Alex Cox. Welcome, Alex. Good morning. I am so excited to be on Clockwise for maybe the fourth time, but like the first time in years. So thank you so much for having me this morning. Good to have you here. It's been a long time indeed. And to my left this week, it's an analyst at Creative Strategies and the founder of The Heart of Tech. It's Carolina Milanese. Welcome back, Carolina. Thank you so much. Always lovely to be on. Uh, you know how this works. Four topics, 30 minutes, and my topic for you. Uh, I'm assuming that the folks here on the podcast have used video conferencing software of some sort with some regularity. My question for you, uh, given that the studio display just got a firmware update in beta yesterday, um, what is your camera situation? And uh, has it changed over time? Have you added hardware to your system? Alex, we'll start with you. I mean, at the start of 2020, there was that mad scramble for webcams for some reason, <laughs> and I was unable to get one, but discovered an app for iOS called Camo, and it just allows you to plug in an iPhone and use it as a webcam, basically. So that's pretty much what I use, even though I do now have a studio display, because while I haven't seen the firmware update, yet the gosh the 1.0 i guess was just terrible and so now i just you know use my fancy annoying podcast mic for talking and an iphone for looking and for the people to see me so i had this experience where like i was using the built-in uh webcam on my 2017 imac and it was fine but not great and anytime i was on a show like especially if i was on a show with micah i would always feel like my video was so much worse <laughs> i mean part of that's just me but hey um I, so at one point i thought oh i should go buy a nice webcam and then i remembered i had a webcam from years ago that turned out to be the one that most people were still recommending at the time which was just a logitech 1080p webcam and i hooked it up and i found two things very quickly one i got very frustrated with the way it did like color correction and stuff like apples mm -hmm. even though the resolution was better the image did not look as nice as my built-in webcam so and uh, plus i had to leave it uh, you know sitting on top of my computer 
and I had to use up a USB port for it, and all of that felt like, why, why don't I just use the thing that's built in? So I've ended up going back to that, and it's, you know, a little bit of a bummer at times, because there's definitely better webcams out there, and it feels like, as Alex said, <laughs> the iPhone has a pretty good camera on it. Seems like we should be able to have those in our Macs, <laughs> but mm, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I've tried camo. I like it. I just don't have a lot of desk space and trying to find a place to put the phone and fiddle with it during have like having it on a using it as a camera i find just too fiddly for me so i, I like the idea of having the better uh image i just don't i don't want to mess around with all that extra stuff so i'm stuck using the basic webcam carolina what about you i have um uh, moved to a dslr um at the beginning of a pandemic so i set that up uh is a is a canon um and I don't think I've ever going to go back, except I did do the update uh, for the software on the studio display this morning, and I was fiddling with it just before we started. And I have to say, I'm going to post some comparison pictures later this morning. I have to say I was pretty impressed by how far, but maybe I should be more impressed you know, it was more disappointing at the beginning. So I don't know if this, you know, I'm excited how far or it shouldn't be like this to start with. But it's pretty close to my, uh, to my DSLR. I'm not sure how I feel about center stage for things where I'm recording. It's okay on a video call, mm -hmm. but if I'm doing like a TV interview, if I if you move slowly, it resets, and that's something that producers usually don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will have to play with that, but. My colleague Ben uses Camo, and what we like about it is the fact that you can actually customize so we can have our company logo uh, in the corner of the image, which, you know, for branding purposes is kind of kind of nice. Yeah, I, um, I, I definitely enjoy uh, Reincubate's Camo. I used that a little bit during the pandemic. I've used a lot of different stuff during the pandemic. I... Uh, Twit sent all of us home with uh, the cameras that we use at uh, in in the studio, and these are some uh, older Canon, um, the sort of actual camcorder style cameras, and that required a whole bunch of setup, and it got annoying uh, making sure that that was all plugged in every time. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, all that's to say, I am now using um, a camera that is kind of still in beta. It's called the Opal C One, which we'll link to uh, in the show notes. And I'm actually very happy uh, with this camera, uh, its image quality so far, it was kind of supposed to be, you know, uh, specially designed and, and, uh, you know, Apple minded and blah, 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 blah. And I really do like the image quality with this thing. Um, I also have updated the studio displays uh, camera, and I'm still not super jazzed about it. Um, thank you all for your answers on that. Lots of fun stuff there. Let us move to our next topic, which comes from Alex. What would uh, any of y'all change about the sound of Siri's voice or any virtual assistant that you're using? Would you consider voice banking? So, you know, recording your own so that you could use it? Or would you use someone you know, maybe a celebrity? What do you think? I actually use the British male voice because I love the idea Same. of having the butler. It's uh, so yeah. if I could get one, it would probably be like Paul Bettany doing Jarvis from the Marvel movies or 
uh, Stephen Fry doing Jeeves from the classic <laughs> BBC series. Oh. I just love a good, I love a good butler, let me tell you. So, but, you know, maybe there is a weird idea of like, well, like people passing on, like maybe what if you could voice bank them and have the voice of a loved one as your virtual assistant? Would that be good? Would that be bad? I don't know. Maybe that's just a science fiction story waiting to happen. <laughs> Carolina, what about you? Well, I just changed Siri to voice number five, which is the less gender voice that just uh, was just released, um, I think, a, a month or so ago. Um, and I actually like it way more than I did the original Siri. Um, I have played with celebrity voices before uh, on our Google uh, home in the, in, in the house are Issa Rae. And there's something soothing and fun at the same time about hearing Isaray say something to you. Uh, and I also did get the um, Samuel L. Jackson swearing Alexa. Um, that was quite uh, rewarding, I have to say. <laughs> um, the last thing I would do for the benefit of the sanity of my family would be use my own voice because they hear me shout from room to room enough. They don't also need technology with my voice shouting <laughs> from every corner of the house. Uh, for me, I also use American voice number five. Um, I was using American voice number three, I think, before. And uh, the, the new one I, I like as well, that it's sort of uh, less gendered in its presentation. Um, as far as actually having uh, a custom one, I would love to have uh, Doug Jones as my voice for Siri. For folks who don't know, Doug Jones is uh, a, a storied, prolific actor who tends to play uh, different creatures, and he is uh, oh, Saru on Star yeah, Trek. Disco. Yeah. yeah, he. Nice. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, at like a super good, kind, cool guy in general, but I really like his voice and the quality of his voice. And I think it would lend itself well to uh, being a virtual assistant. So Doug Jones, hit me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for me. Uh, Alex, why don't you round us out? I would absolutely at least try banking my own voice. And maybe it's because I've been really riding that severance train pretty hard. <laughs> but I've been thinking that the TV show Severance, folks should, should watch it. Um, and I'm really starting to think about, okay, what is going to happen as more AI comes into the voice assistant space? Maybe not pure sentience, but what would it feel like to hear myself being bossed around but in the meantime i also have the fancy british butler because i mean he he's my butler bay i i love it <laughs> and i am contractually obligated by my pronouns to talk about the gender neutral siri voice and i think it's really funny because to me it sounds like a what someone would typically here as a either a non-binary person or an AFAB person, so assigned female at birth, but typically a trans man who has just started testosterone. And so I kind of want there to be even more options mm -hmm. that are that do have a lot of coded genders just to normalize it even further or just a totally wild voice that is almost Chewbacca like or just. <laughs> 
just not humanoid in any way. I don't know how that would work, but I really want as many different voices as quote normal or strange as they can be. B- bring back the classic Mac OS voices. Heck yes. Those were yes. great. The original, I believe, was named Alex, and it always made me feel (laughs) special. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break because it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Text Expander. You can get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's important. Uh, With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. You can get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. First, you store it. You keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then you share it. You get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every day, organize it by department, and finally, you expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps you use. It's truly that easy, and Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. As a listener of Clockwise, you too can uh, check out Text Expander and get 20% off your first year. Visit TextExpander.com slash Clockwise to learn more about Text Expander. That's TextExpander.com slash Clockwise. Seriously, go and check it out. That's what it took for me to kind of realize how helpful this thing could be. Uh, our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we are back from the break, and that means it's time for Dan's Topic. All right. Well, this morning, Apple took the wraps off its self-service repair program that they announced last year, uh, where you can buy parts and tools directly from Apple as well, as well with um, service manuals and sort of take a crack at fixing something in your iPhone, whether it's replacing a battery or a SIM tray. That shouldn't be too hard. Uh, I'm just curious <laughs> to know, is this something that you would attempt on your own if your iPhone broke in a way that could be fixed with self-service? Would you give it a whirl or are you still more inclined to trust the professionals? Carolina? I don't know. I think that I, Apple has done a great job. I don't know if you saw all the, the the steps that you need to take and the manuals and everything else. I think they've done such a good job in trying to put people off <laughs> in terms of like, you know, the people that have that really strong confidence of yeah, I got this. And then they opened the thing. I was like, yeah, I ain't got this because (laughs) something is going to go wrong along the line. Right. So I do think it's a great thing for people that have some, you know, technology knowledge or that have the time and are willing to actually take their steps and do it. But it's, yeah, there's teeny weeny pieces in these things and, you know, and they're all connected. And yeah, no, I think I'm going to leave it to the professionals. So honestly, I was pouring through these documents this morning, kind of drooling because you can rent, I think it's like $49. Yeah. You can rent yep. those pieces <laughs> yeah. that Apple uses that it would take me much longer to get it done before. But now I can get this huge honking metallic thing with a big old red button on it that like heats up the device. That is so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was sort of eyeballing my phone. My phone was eyeballing me like, don't you dare. And I'm sort of lifting it up and it's like, please don't. And I'm like, you see that hard ground right there? I'm thinking about it <laughs> because I just want to get one of these in the mail to give it a go. I No, I, I joke, but I do think that it's... um 
it's really awesome. It's exciting. I was thinking about all the people who had to work on getting this all set up uh, to have these mm-hmm. machines ready to ship out to people. They come mm-hmm. in these like uh, those like Pelican cases, practically. I, I assume they're probably Apple branded, but uh, the cases remind me of the ones that, uh, you know, videographers and, and photographers use with their equipment. And so, yeah, I definitely, definitely 100% would uh, take on fixing an iPhone, especially now that I can use the fancy schmancy equipment that Apple has available. Alex, what about you? I probably will do it at least for fun, at at least once. But I couldn't help think, okay, Apple is the richest company in the world in, you know, April 2020, 2022. Wow, what is time? Still don't know. (laughs) But what would happen if one of these got lost? You know, like what would be the? Do you have to put down a deposit? I'm I'm not sure. So I wonder how many of these are going to go missing, and also how if one were to go missing, I want to take apart the machine that takes apart the machines. <laughs> I'm not saying I will, but that's maybe something I aspire to do in the future. <laughs> I would be interested in trying this from an academic standpoint, just because I do like the idea of taking these apart and fiddling with them and trying all the tools and stuff. But I don't think I would do it on any device that I actually count on, um, just because I don't I don't trust myself uh, to not break something and cause a bigger problem for myself. But if it's something that's just sort of like, oh, well, let's just take this thing apart and see what ticks. Um, yeah, there's some there's some curiosity there. So I like the idea of renting that giant tool set. It's huge. It's like. They said, oh, it comes in two giant wheel cases. One is like 40 pounds and one's 30 pounds. (laughs) Holy cow. What is this is amazing. So I love the idea. I think it's also great for for sort of mom and pop shops that are like, you know, the small places that do screen repairs and battery replacements, stuff like that. They can actually get like legit tools and, uh, you know, take stuff apart and, and have all the right gear, which is very, very cool. So. Uh, I'm I'm applauding this program, even if it's something that I probably won't end up using. Thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our final topic, which comes from Carolina. You thought that probably you would get away from uh, this topic, <laughs> but no, we're going to talk about Twitter and uh, um, asking you, I'm curious, if you are planning to leave Twitter, as some celebrities have done, if you're hoping to get the boost in <laughs> followers because um, some people have had that or you know people have lost followers it's been an interesting way for sure so are you on Twitter first of all I think you all are Uh, are you planning to leave and if you are where are you going because I need to know (laughs) for (laughs) marginalized communities who have built some some level of following on Twitter It is not as simple as just going somewhere else and getting started up. Um, I've been in Mm -hmm. the podcasting realm for quite a while now, and I think many of my friends who happen to be uh, straight, white, cis males would agree that there can be a bit of a sort of hero worship slash fandomonium that exists for many of those straight white males that uh, some of the rest of us don't experience regularly, Mm -hmm. semi-regularly, or even (laughs) at all. And given that, uh, it's not as simple a step to just go to a new platform and trust that folks are going to follow you there. So in that way, uh, I am not planning on leaving Twitter immediately. But 
I am holding open the door, <laughs> hold the door, uh, the idea <laughs> that there could come a time where it is not the place that I want to be, at which uh, point I would leave. At the very least, I've got, what is it, a year <laughs> until the acquisition <laughs> takes yep. place. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll see what happens after that. But I promise to let you know, Carolina. Promise to Thank let you, you. know. <laughs> Alex, what about you? <laughs> I've been on Twitter since I believe 2008. And I absolutely can imagine my life without it because I've also come and gone from Twitter and in ebbs and flows. Because there's been, you know, changes in dynamic and in, in the platform. And I think a lot of these really performative posts about leaving Twitter makes it sort of feel as if you're doing something that is helping the community mm -hmm. in some way. And I am just kind of wondering what the motivation if there's any sort of good faith because twitter is while it wasn't technically a private company it wasn't a public utility so either way there's there's going to be people who are marginalized there already a lot of folks have seen themselves shadow banned on things like twitter discord and i think right now most infamously tiktok and youtube so I'm holding that door open, but I don't even really notice the door. I, the one thing that I think has come of this that can be seen in a positive light is hopefully more of the return to independence and agency over your own web presence. So in the meantime, sure, I'm going to stay on Twitter. I don't think it is hurting anybody except myself if I spend too much time on it. Boy, I kind of wish we'd left this for our overtime topic because I feel like it's a it's a <laughs> deep one. Um, but I'll say, in short, I don't have any immediate plans to leave Twitter. And Micah, to your point, even as a cis white straight guy, I feel not confident in my ability to move my audience anywhere else. Either. Right? Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and that yeah. is a big challenge for me. I use Twitter a lot, not only just because it's a place I like to talk to friends and stuff like that, but I am an author and it is like my biggest following anywhere by a lot. Mm -hmm. And if I have any chance of being able to sell my books to people or appeal to people, it's probably there. So I struggle a little bit with it because I see a lot of people talking about Instagram. I'm like, also owned by a yeah, terrible billionaire. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, not going to help you, really. And for somebody like me, who's like business is words and not like I like taking pictures and sharing them on Instagram, mm -hmm. but like I'm not doing business over there. I'm just, you know, hanging out. So it's not like a viable platform in the same way. I look at some of the, the substitutions and stuff like Mastodon, which, you know, we all talked about. I just looked up my account today. It was like three or four years ago, I think. Maybe longer. I, I'm with Alex. What is time? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, the decentralized nature of it is clever, but it also really kind of hampers the same sort of, you know, giant global water cooler effect that Twitter has for better and for worse. So I don't think that necessarily is an answer either. I saw people signing up for some other social network that I you know, purported to be not no, you know, no misinformation, no ads, no trolls. And I was like, yeah, but who's behind that one? Like, right. I, and I just I spent all this time thinking like, I don't know, I jump in the ship onto a new ship that may also be sinking yeah. and or driving you into an iceberg. It doesn't seem like a solution. So for the moment, I'll continue to hang out and see what happens. I also I agree with the people who are a little more combative about it. Like, hey, I've I've made my presence here. I've spent time on this platform 
I don't want to be driven off mm-hmm. by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I sympathize yeah. with that outlook as well. Carolina, why don't you wrap this up for us since we've all told you very helpful information, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, I think we all feel the same way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping, helping keeping that door open, open with, with Mike and, and Alex. Um, I, you know, it, for me, it's mostly work. And a way to connect to news and other things is, is a way for me to, you know, voice my, my opinion on things uh, from a technical nature, not like I don't talk about open heart surgery and, and give advice on, on medical stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just stick to <laughs> what I know a little bit about, which is technology. And I agree, I, you know, we spend, I spend time building a follower um, which is not as easy as it is um, for uh, um, a cis white male uh, or a male in general when it comes to technology is is harder uh, for uh, uh, for a woman to to make your mark. What the only concern I have is whether that freedom of speech that is touted so much becomes a Twitter of 2016, where abuse and bullying Mm -hmm. was even more than it is today. And, you know, I, that's my concern is, is what if this is becoming either less manageable than it is today. And I talk from a perspective of, you know, a position of privilege being white. Uh, And I know there are people that, and, you know, white, straight, middle class, you know, all these things. Um, And so I I know that for people that are underrepresented and don't have the same level of privilege, it's even more of a hellhole, really, um, to be there and trying to make their voice heard. So I'm watching for that and see when it'll be, you know, time for me to leave. All right, folks, we have just enough time for a bonus topic. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you about CrowdStrike, who are bringing you this episode of Clockwise. You want to hear an unsettling fact? Of course you do. 70% of cyber attacks are targeted at small to mid-sized businesses. You might be wondering how serious a cyber attack even is. Well, about half of businesses will become unprofitable within a month of being breached. Cyber criminals know smaller businesses may not have the resources to defend themselves from ransomware and malware. So that makes these smaller companies an easy target, and the ransoms collected can add up quickly. If you want to better protect your business, CrowdStrike has a solution for you. Falcon Pro by CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity solution your small business needs. It provides superior prevention from cyber attacks. It detects malicious activity and offers immediate response response capabilities for your business, and it's all fully deployed in just minutes to protect your organization. Falcon Pro provides features like antivirus protection, firewall management, device control, and integrated threat intelligence all in one cloud-based solution. With Falcon Pro, your systems are protected against all cyber threats, not just malware, even when devices aren't connected to the internet. And you can say goodbye to sluggish antivirus scans and inconvenient reboots that delay your team's productivity. It's rated 4.9 out of 5 by Gartner Peer Insights, so CrowdStrike it's the cybersecurity your team needs. Head to CrowdStrike.com slash clockwise to start a free 15-day trial. That's CrowdStrike.com slash clockwise for a free 15-day trial of CrowdStrike Falcon Pro. Our thanks to CrowdStrike for their support of this show. 
All right. Uh, here is my bonus question for you. Do you have a favorite musical instrument that can be to hear or to play? Alex, we'll start with you. I am boring. I love a good Fender Strat. It's my favorite thing to play and probably, yeah, one of my favorite things to hear, but with a lot of fun guitar pedals and modulation tacked on. The only thing I can play even reasonably is the piano, but I do love hearing a really great pianist. Uh, like that is that is fantastic. It's just such a unique instrument. I'm with Dan. I always wanted to play the piano, but I certainly love listening to it. I can tell you what I don't want to hear. It's myself playing the recorder as I did so many years <laughs> in school. <laughs> um, for some reason, people bash on the harpsichord, but I really like the harpsichord. Uh, it, I, there's something just delightful about its sort of plucky. It just reminds me of like, a young person smiling with their thumbs behind the uh, the things that are holding up their pants. I can't think of what they're called for some reason. Uh, they go over your shoulders. Suspenders. Yeah, suspenders. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like walking along happily. That's what a harpsichord causes to appear in my mind. So uh, I'm all about the harpsichord. Uh, thank you all for your answers on that. Hey, folks listening, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for just five bucks a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss storage strategies. All right, folks, with that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. Thank you all for listening. It is time to thank our incredible guests. Alex Cox, thank you for joining us today. Thank you once again for having me. It's been such a delight. And Carolina Milanese, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Always love the fact that you make me discover people that I don't necessarily know, and I'm delighted to have met Alex. You as well. <laughs> And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>